I don't know why, but I really wanted to make a Borat <laughs> impression when you said my wife just now. My wife. My wife. <laughs> I don't think it would have worked if he'd done Borat. No. But like for the first time in years, it just like you overtook wanted to. me. everyone and welcome to two white girls talk bollywood i'm kim and i'm katie and we're here to talk about singing and dancing and bollywood boys yes once again the bollywood boy if you ask us (laughs) yeah 100 percent and the bollywood film yeah we yeah. are we're talking about ddlj this week dilwale mm-hmm. dilhania le jayenge yes uh, but we will call it ddlj because why not <laughs> yes <laughs> there's a reason it was a uh abbreviated yes and i think we should respect that yeah. <laughs> i agree <laughs> that that reminds me too that i i love the music in mm-hmm. it first of all but in my notes, every time the DDLJ theme played, I just called it the DDLJ theme. I know it has a name. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just realized I didn't look it up. I think all of the songs are just named after, like, the first five words. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're really excited to be talking about this film that's yeah. so such a core quintessential film to the the Bollywood canon mm-hmm. yeah and I will say I was a little apprehensive mm-hmm. excited but apprehensive because when I watched it the first time several years ago it felt long to me yeah and I liked Cooch Cooch Hotehe more yeah Watching it this time, uh-huh. I don't know what my <laughs> hang-up was. I am not seeing any evidence of it. This movie is perfection. Yep. It's so funny yeah. that you say that because I went through the literal exact same thought process <laughs> and was also just like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, this is wonderful. Yeah. And I've said over the last few years that I prefer Cooch Cooch Hotehe to Me DDLJ. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Same. I was literally going to say, I know. No, I prefer DDLJ. Like, if, yeah. I like both of them. Yeah. And they're very different films. They are. And I think they appeal to a lot of the same people, but they also appeal to different people <laughs> for different reasons. Like, I yeah. still like recommending Kuch Kuch Hotehe as a first Absolutely. film because it is so over the top and ridiculous. But DDLJ has so much more heart and yeah. emotional impact and mm-hmm. it's just it's excellent and maybe it's just one of those films that maybe the reason that they've been running it continuously <laughs> for you know 30 years yeah. um is that it just takes more than one viewing yeah because again it was enjoyable the first time mm-hmm. but this time I really narrowed in on the emotional subtleties mm-hmm. and complexities and I was like yeah yeah yeah. Absolutely. Well, and not for nothing, we are much better educated Bollywood viewers than we were the first time we watched it. So maybe that contributes to it as well, and just having some familiarity with more of the tropes and things. Yeah, I had that thought too. Yeah. So, our cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, DDLJ was written and directed by Aditya Chopra, mm-hmm. and our stars 
are two shining stars. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shah Rukh Khan playing Raj. Yep. And Kajal playing Simran. Yep. Then we've got our dads. Amrish <laughs> Puri playing Baldev Singh, who is Simran's father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call him Papa. Okay. Okay. He's Papa. He's Papa. Great. <laughs> and then Anupam Kerr playing Raj's dad, mm-hmm. who's Pops. Yes. So, okay. I, we okay. Pops and Papa. We got Papa, we got Pops. I do want to share that one of the things that I... It, I learned that Yash Chopra, Aditya Chopra's papa, uh, mm-hmm. who produced the film, he was really pushing for Anupam Kerr to play Simran's dad. And Aditya Chopra was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Good. And he wanted Amrish yeah. Puri. And I could not agree, agree with that casting choice for because I love yeah. Anupam Kerr. I mean, we've talked a lot about how much we love him, but yeah. he's not that kind of a dad. Like, right. Like, I think he could play that role. Yeah. And do it well, but I think his more natural inclination is to be a pop. Yeah. And I think everyone <laughs> would prefer to see him in that kind of a role. Yeah. Um, and that's just one of many examples of how, even as a young 23 year old first time director, Aditya Chopra really, mm-hmm. really knew what he was looking for. Yeah, I also think that, like, Amrish's eyes, it's so much in the movie, he's just like... His eyes are huge! <laughs> he's, he's giving those vibes, yeah. Yeah, especially at the end, it's so, like, oh, oh. Yeah, and I'm just like, don't stare too long. <laughs> he's like almost like a horror movie yeah. monster. <laughs> uh, and then we have Farida Jalal playing Lajo Singh, mm-hmm. who is Simran's mom, and she was amazing. Yeah. Okay. We ready? I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Let's do. <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, buttercups. <laughs> it's happening. We open in London to Papa. Remember, that's Simron's dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feeding the pigeons. Yes. And we learn that he's been in London for 20 plus years, but it is not his country and one day he wants to return to India. Yes. That is very important. We will find that he is a very traditional Indian man mm-hmm. who really promotes Indian culture and tradition in his household. That's very important. It is, yes. Yeah, it's kind of like a big point of the film. <laughs> um, and then we like teleport to Simran's house where we see her for the first time. With a wind machine. So much hair in her face. <laughs> oh, God. So much hair in her face. So gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous as a young woman. Mm-hmm. I think, similarly to Shah Rukh Khan, has just gotten more and more beautiful. She really has. Each yeah. passing year. She is absolutely like, stunning still to yeah. this day. <laughs> I think she's just, like, full of joy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We love Kajal. We do. Um, And Simran's mom comes into her room and just starts reading her diary, as you do. And we learn that Simran wrote that for the first time in 18 years, a stranger has appeared in her thoughts. Basically, she's dreaming of a handsome man wooing her. Yeah. I really, I like all of the, like, slightly horny stuff that she tells her mom. (laughs) Yeah, just like, his... but it's still in the realm of decency. Yeah, my fingers smell like his hair, and his breath caresses yeah. my face. 
Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Very stupid. And Simran's mom kind of like laughs it off like, okay, you're like a teenager. What do you know? But Simran says she knows he exists mm-hmm. and he is out there. Yeah, he is. Cue the entrance <laughs> of Raj, who is running and playing rugby slash football slash field hockey. A sport. I don't know. I didn't pay attention, honestly, to the type of ball that was used. I was very distracted by his shorts. His very short shorts, <laughs> yes. They're not as short as the ones in Cooch Cooch Hotehe, though, on the bike. Yeah. So yeah, they could go shorter. <laughs> um. But we then get our first song, mm-hmm. Mary Caban Main, where Simran is just running around her bedroom in a towel <laughs> and jumping on the bed while Raj is doing a lot of bonkers things, um, like driving a go-kart and racing a plane. Yeah. <laughs> on his on feet, foot. running. On foot. You're right. That makes it sound like he was driving a go-kart and racing a plane. No, it's two separate occasions. He was foot racing a plane. Why? Because he's Raj. He can do that. Because that's what he does. I love Kajal in this number, like how flirty she is with the camera. Oh, yeah. It's so adorable. (laughs) But I also really like, at one point, Raj is bowling, and he is very sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have never seen someone work up that much of a sweat while bowling. (laughs) Who knows? He was probably dancing in between, too. I feel like Raj is always moving. He is. He's always doing some sort of acrobatic stunt yeah he was that kid in class that you always wished would just like cool it stop (laughs) yeah yeah um we see raj pick up a pretty lady on his motorcycle while simran dances around in the rain wearing white and singing about her unknown dream man which we know from earlier research Uh uh-huh She's having sexual thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Wetness <laughs> equals sexiness. <laughs> but white equals purity. Yeah. It's, so, you know, it's it's multifaceted. Not to say that having sexual thoughts makes you impure. No. It makes you human. Yeah. Unless you don't have sexual thoughts, which also still makes you which human. Which is also fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, now that we covered that. <laughs> Little public service announcement there. <laughs> yes. To sum up, Raj is a very wealthy party boy, Mm -hmm. and Raj flunked out of college. But Pops, upon learning this, is so excited because he says that the rest of their family failed in India, but Raj failed in London. Yeah. Which is a step up. It's a much more successful (laughs) failure than the past (laughs) patriarchs of the family. And then Raj says that he worked so hard to fail, he deserves a long holiday, bopping around Europe yeah and Pops says yes saying that he worked so hard his entire life so that Raj could have and do everything that Pops couldn't so he's like go go to Europe enjoy your youth bye I I love love you I love Pops Pops is great like their relationship is so sweet yeah they are the closest of friends Mm -hmm. then we go back to Simran's house which has a slightly different vibe yeah (laughs) (laughs) And Simran's papa receives a letter from a friend back in India. And the letter says that they're ready for the agreement that had been made 20 years ago to marry Simran to their son. Mm -hmm. Simran is understandably upset by this. Mm -hmm. Then we get a scene of Simran talking to her friend about going to Europe for a month. At the same time and the same place, Mm -hmm. 
as Raj trying to convince a friend to go with him to Europe. And then they pass each other. Yeah. Like ships in the night. I always love a rom-com near-miss moment. And at Simran's dad's gas station, because that's the business he runs, he has like a gas station and convenience store, Raj and his hooligan friends (laughs) want to buy some beer. But Simran's dad, Papa, is like, nope, not happening. And then Raj ends up tricking Papa into like opening the store Mm -hmm. and letting him go in. And Papa's very upset by this. Yeah. Yeah. Another quick fun fact in the original version of the script, Raj was going to go in and buy condoms and not beer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But they were like, ooh, that's a little too risky. Too racy. Yeah. And also, based on the character of Papa, I think that's harder to come back from. Yeah. Than beer. Than beer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, back at Simran's house, we see Simran and her sister just like dancing together to some fun, upbeat music. And then their mom is like making dinner and she's also dancing. She's great. Like, yeah. Just bopping. <laughs> yeah. All the women of the house are just having an amazing time. Yeah. And then they hear Papa's like car pull up. Mm-hmm. And they run. They sprint to, like, stop all the fun. They turn the music off and put on some, like, traditional Indian music instead. Yeah. So that when Papa walks in, they're all just, like, very calmly. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're, like, oh, sitting there. Fun. They, like, go from dancing to reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Papa comes home complaining about scoundrels who misrepresent India. Mm-hmm. But Simran is able to convince her dad to allow her to go on the Europe trip by saying that it is her last chance to see Europe and spend some time with her friends before she moves to a country she's never seen to marry a man she's never met. Yeah. So she's kind of like, I'm doing this whole thing for you. Can you give me a month? It's literally like, can I just have one month to live my life the way I want to live it? One month of my whole entire life for me. Oh, God. Yeah. I was saddened by that. Yeah. Um, But then at the train station, Simran's friends are waiting for her, just like Raj's friends are waiting for him. Mm -hmm. And Raj runs and jumps onto the train, and he turns and he sees Simran also running for the train. And he holds his hand out, and she takes it, and he hoists her onto the train with him. Mm -hmm. And so Simran and Raj are in this tiny little empty compartment and she just immediately pulls out a book because she can kind of tell this guy's kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, he's just, yeah, he's got that vibe. Um, and he's trying, like, these different pickup lines, and she is just, like, over it. Yep. And he annoys her until one of her friends opens up the compartment door and releases them both, <laughs> at which point they both go to their different friend groups And Simran complains about this annoying boy (laughs) who was on the train while Raj tells his friends all about how this girl just, like, fell in love with him. (laughs) I loved – it made me think of Summer Lovin', like, just, like, the two stories happening at the same time that are, like, just a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. And I know, I was, like, typical. Yep. (laughs) And then – Eurorail, the train company, invites all of the train passengers to a party in Paris. This has never happened to me on a train. (laughs) No, me neither. 
And so we we go to that party because mm-hmm. that's where the movie takes us. And <laughs> but so at this party, there's a woman opera singing, and Raj's crew walks in, and they end up joining Simran and her friends. Mm-hmm. And Simran watches from across the table as Raj flirts with one of her friends using all the same lines he had tried on her. Yep. And while they hadn't worked on her, her friend is just, like, eating it up. Yep. Raj needs some new material. He does. But I guess, you know, if you figured out what works for you, you you just keep doing it. We know from the movie it works at least 50% of the time, so. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 50% of the time it works every time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty good. (laughs) God, was that... An anchorman joke? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Rudd, right? Yep, yeah. Sex Panther. Okay. That's the one. <laughs> I clearly should rewatch it. Yeah. But uh, during this flirting, Raj is bragging about how he can play the piano mm-hmm. super well. And Simran is like so fed up with him at this point that she gets up, she goes to the microphone, and she says, Hey, everyone, we have a wonderful piano player like in our midst. So, Raj, why don't you come up and play something? And Raj has no choice but to go up onto the stage. Uh-huh. And Simran's like, Haha, I've got him now. And Raj then bangs on the piano <laughs> in a variety of different ways. And then he actually does play the piano. (laughs) This is a great moment because everybody knows. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to do so badly. And then it's so funny what he does. And then it's like, oh, wait, he can actually play the piano. The fact that he chose, he was like, okay, yeah, I'm bad. So I'm going to make it enjoyable for everyone. So it's still entertaining. And then, oh, wait. Yeah. I'm actually amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Um. Then we get our next dance number, mm-hmm. Rook Jao Dil Diwane. Yeah. I love it because in this moment, the very first moment this starts, all these backup dancers yeah. come out in like red dresses, red hats, sunglasses, and big black boots. Well, did you notice they're wearing the same outfit that Kajal will be wearing later in the movie? <laughs> yes, I did notice that. Which and it is was great. great. <laughs> yeah, I liked that callback. Yeah, it's great. It's just so fun. Like, yeah. it allows Shah Rukh to just do his dancing. Yeah. I do really like the choreography. Well, now, this song was choreographed by Farrah Khan. Yes. She didn't choreograph everything, and we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes. I think I forgot that. I think I just assumed she did all of it, but it had that vibe. Yeah. It had that Farrah vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I love this one. I... I don't think anyone would ever say that Shah Rukh is a great, like, technical dancer, but his charisma and yeah. his commitment to every moment is, like, truly unmatched. Yes. Especially in his younger years in these earlier yeah. movies. He will throw his body about <laughs> with gay abandon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he is just so athletic. Yeah. Like, as a person. He, he just... just is very athletic. He just, I, like, yeah. flips all over this movie. And so many moments right. where I was like, were you supposed to do that? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I also, there's a trumpet. Love a trumpet. Yeah. And the trumpet, the trumpet player is just, like, chasing Simran around. Yeah, all the brass instruments are just chasing her around. And I love the part where, like, she kind of, like, goes off camera, but then you see her getting yeah. chased back on screen <laughs> by, yeah. by the trumpets. 
Uh, but then Raj sweeps Simran up onto the stage and he dips her. And then he just like drops her. Yeah. Like, rude. <laughs> Another fun fact is they didn't tell Kajal that that was happening. So they could get oh, like no. her genuine response. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it didn't hurt. Yeah, I'm sure he was gentle. She was pretty close to the ground. That's true. <laughs> um, great. Okay. The next day, the two friend groups come face to face out and about in Paris. Mm-hmm. And Raj apologizes. And he gives Simran a flower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get our theme song, our DDLJ theme song, playing in the background. And it's very romantic. You can see she's like, oh, okay, maybe you're not as terrible as I thought you were. (laughs) And then, (laughs) so rude, Raj (laughs) squeezes the flower and it squirts water into her face. Yeah. I would hate him. (laughs) He's like a five-year-old boy. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) No, not attractive in this moment. I also really like uh, Kajal's overalls in this scene. Yeah. All of her outfits throughout Europe They're are really good. Exceptional. Yeah. And I forget, there's also like a lacy white top that she later wears, I think, mm-hmm. with overalls. It's just great. Yeah. But then, this must be, it's somewhere in the Alps because they're definitely not in Paris anymore. Yeah. I don't know where they are at this point in their journey. But we see Raj and, Raj and Simran at a shop. But they start to bicker, and they miss their train. Yeah. All their friends were on that train, so it is just them left behind. And Simran just starts crying. It's overwhelming. This is, like, her first time traveling in Europe, and now she's alone with, like, her nemesis. Like, the most (laughs) annoying guy on the trip, yeah. (laughs) I love an enemies to lovers. (laughs) It's always good. It's always good. This movie has several very good tropes in it. It really does, yes. Uh, Yeah. But so the next train isn't leaving for several hours, and Raj is like, well, we could take a bus or a car instead. And Simran's like, nope, leave me alone. We'll find our own way. And he rips her dress a little bit in trying to comfort her, and that just makes it worse. Yeah. So, yeah, they just split up. (laughs) And a little while later, Simran is trying to hitchhike Mm -hmm. on the highway when some police roll up and demand to see her passport, which... I was offended by. Um, well, yeah, like they immediately assume that she's she can't live there, a foreigner, like, foreigner, and right. it's like, yeah, it's true that she does not live in Switzerland or wherever they are. Yeah, but, like, she is European. <laughs> she's an EU citizen at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when Raj rolls up in a red convertible uh-huh. that he has rented. <laughs> And he jumps out and he's like, oh, my wife, you found her. Thank you so much. (laughs) And he kind of like hustles her back to the car. He's like, thanks, officers. Okay, bye. And Simran is furious about like how Raj was dealing with that. And he was touching her and she was like, don't touch me. And he's like, shut up. (laughs) They're just fighting. Um, And... She's like, leave me alone. I'm going to do my own thing. And he's mad, but he waits Mm -hmm. in the car until she comes to her senses and is like, yeah, okay, this is my best option so I don't get picked up by the police. Yeah. She gets in the car. They start down the road to drive to Zurich. And then the car breaks down. (laughs) And I, yeah. And presumably they just abandon this rental car. Yeah. And decide to walk (laughs) 
however, yeah. walk to Zurich? I, I don't know. Um, and Raj says he doesn't have money for a hotel, which I just don't buy. Yeah, where is his money? He had money for He's the rental millionaire. car. Yeah, I'm, and he has money for other stuff. Yeah. But it's okay because they find a local family that puts them up in their guest house. Mm -hmm. But there's a catch. Mm -hmm. There's only one bed. Always the problem. I love the one bed trope. It's It's one of the best. One of the best out there. (laughs) It it really is. Especially when it's enemies to lovers. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) When those two combine, fireworks. (laughs) Um... But Simran is very uncomfortable with this, so she says that she'll sleep out in the barn. So she goes out there and is trying to light a fire. Yeah. In a barn. Yep. With hay. Yep. And wood all around. (laughs) Uh, That is a terrible idea. Yeah, it's a great way to burn down this family's barn with you inside of it. (laughs) Yeah, you should just never do that. Like, clearly she's never been in a barn before. Nope. What, were Um, you not raised in a barn? (laughs) I know. How dare you? (laughs) But she is distracted when Raj starts whistling the DDLJ theme and then enters the barn, bringing her dinner from McDonald's. Yeah. He then says, forget Zurich, we'll catch the train from somewhere else and nothing else will go wrong. Except that at that moment, it starts to snow. So it gets really, really cold out in the barn so Raj pulls out some cognac and offers it to Simran. And she's appalled that, he, she, that he's drinking in front of a woman. Mm-hmm. But then he goes to sleep, and she's really cold. And she's like, all right, I'll have some. Yeah. So she also <laughs> drinks some cognac. And then she is drunk. Yep. And we get Zarasa Jum Lunmain. Yep. Uh, which is my favorite. Oh, no, is it your favorite, too? Oh, no. <laughs> It is my fave, but I have a second favorite. I also had a second fave. It was uh, Rukja. <laughs> that one's a good one, too. Um, this number is it's so good. pure gold. <laughs> it is literally everything that is right in the world. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Simran and Raj are just running around town getting into shenanigans. And Simran is drunk, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. I just, I love any time where... <laughs> It is depicted that drinking alcohol turns you into just a complete menace to society. So <laughs> yeah. she's Simran's just like robbing places, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Raj yeah. is just having to kind of like pick up the pieces behind her. Right, <laughs> she's pay just like, for all the stuff. Yeah, like full on burgling this small town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then in the snow mm-hmm. when she's wearing her like backup dancer outfit. Yes, I love that she like starts flirting with him like pretty hardcore uh-huh. and she like walks her hands up his thigh <laughs> and his facial expression is just like ah <laughs> and then she just like motorboat I, I wrote that down too <laughs> you would do you know I, you just, just like, face plant <laughs> boom <laughs> it's like my face is now just in your chest yeah good luck removing i might it. as well just like wiggle it around a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um 
Yes, and then they go to a pool. Yeah. And then the tables turn. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's had more alcohol. I think Simran, this is such a story. Yeah, it really is. Song. Yeah. Simran is sobering up, and now he's the one romanticizing her. Yeah. And she's, like, literally running away from him. <laughs> He's yeah. like chasing. Her. I I love the whole sequence in the pool is also amazing. <laughs> but like my yeah. favorite part slash the part that concerns me the most is when Simran is standing and Raj gets down on one knee and then like sweeps her legs out from under her and oh, she kind yeah. of falls back onto his knee. And it's a great move, but I'm always like, how did she not slam her slam head on her the head. concrete of the pool? Yeah, that's why you're not supposed to, like, roughhouse around a pool. I know. Yeah, there's also a point when he, like, jumps in and, or, like, he jumps backwards when he's already in the pool and he almost hits his head on the corner. And I'm like, oh, my God, everyone was going to end up concussed (laughs) or dead (laughs) from this sequence. Yeah. You're all so lucky that didn't happen. (laughs) But it's amazing. I love it. Yep. And then the next morning, Simran wakes up in the bed of the guest house Mm -hmm. and sees both of their clothes all over the place and realizes that she's wearing Raj's shirt. And Raj just waltzes in with some tea and she's like, hey, what happened last night? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And he purposely leads her to believe that they had sex. Yeah. And then she starts like, crying and freaking out i think understandably yeah because and then he's like that's rape if that's what happened friends yeah yeah yeah. like that's not no and maybe not something to joke about yeah maybe i i i just feel like it was a lot of pain to put her through to then say oh wait i was joking yeah he's like i'm sorry it was a joke like that didn't happen nothing happened you slept in the bed i did not sleep in the bed like Mm -hmm. you were alone he then says, he's like, I know you view me as a good-for-nothing rascal, but I would never take advantage of you in that way. Yeah. And then she hugs him. I would still be beyond furious. Yeah, I don't think he did a good job of proving himself not a good-for-nothing scoundrel in this moment. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I don't know if he thought she'd be happy about right. it. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it was a really weird prank to pull, and I guess it worked out in his favor, though, because they <laughs> do get a little snuggly at the end of this. Yeah. yeah. That's not a good message. (laughs) Um, One more fun fact. Apparently it was very hard for Shah Rukh and Kajal to get through this scene because they were giggling so much. (laughs) They had to be, like, taken aside. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, get it together. They had to be, like, separated for several minutes so they could get it together and do it for real. (laughs) Oh, but that's adorable. I know, they're the best. They just love each other and are so comfortable. I know, it's great. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, they, Simran and Raj plan to catch a bus, and at a rest stop later that day, they're chatting, and, and Simran says, like, do you ever take anything seriously? And Raj says that he'll only ever be serious once in his life, when he's in love. Mm -hmm. And then Simran tells Raj that she's engaged to a man she's never met Mm -hmm. and that she'll end up moving to India. And Raj is upset by this because he's like, you shouldn't have to live the rest of your life with a man you don't know. Yeah. But then the train comes and ends the conversation. Yeah. And at this point, they're reunited with their friends and Simran's friends start talking about her wedding. Uh, So Raj excuses himself to go play the DDLJ theme song (laughs) on a bridge. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> as you do. And Simran finds him and he looks at her and earnestly and emotionally he tells her that he loves her. Mm-hmm. And then there's a beat. <laughs> and then as she's trying to figure out how to respond, he just cracks up laughing. Yeah. And says that he's joking because this love business isn't for him. And I, yeah, I would punch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's deserved to be punched numerous times Several already times. in this movie. <laughs> but then Raj asks Simran what she would do if she fell in love with someone on this trip. Mm-hmm. But you have this arranged marriage, like what would you do? But then the train arrives mm-hmm. again. And she's like, oh, I don't want to miss the train again. So like, let's go. And Raj says that he would miss it always. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of like, what? <laughs> Not picking up what he's putting down. <laughs> no, but we picked it up. Oh, yeah. And then as she walks away, he says to himself, like, Raj, if she looks back, she loves you. Yep. <laughs> and then she does. Yeah, she does. <laughs> um, and I just, like, I love the the call back to this in Bayficere. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just bring that moment full circle. It's very cute, and I do. I I kind of was he actually fully joking, or was it like a no? I feel like it was testing the waters, kind of a thing. Yes, and then he was like, "I'll just play it off." Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) He should have given it a little bit more time. I think he should have. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, but then they get back to London, and Raj and Simran shake hands because they're friends now. And then he does just the slightest, like, like click. Mm-hmm. Sharuk is the king of just, like, mouth sound, which sounds <laughs> weird. But he's so good at just, like, let me just add in this little sound yeah. that sums up everything more than words could. It's very true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the look he gives her just says everything. Mm-hmm. And it hits her, too. And we get, ho gaya hey tuchko. And this is a montage song Mm -hmm. of Raj realizing that he's in love and seeing Simran everywhere. And then Simran also realizing that she's in love Mm -hmm. and seeing Raj everywhere. Oh, so sweet. I always love that. Yeah. Um, And back at home, Simran tells her mom that she met her dream man. And Raj is her life and she loves him and she can't belong to anyone else. But... Papa overhears. This was literally like a horror movie. The, like the it, way like yeah. the camera moves around and then suddenly there's this pair of legs and you're just like, no! <laughs> and then the eyes! <laughs> um, yeah, and he is absolutely livid yeah. and says that they're leaving for India tomorrow. And in total contrast, mm-hmm. Pops is sitting Raj down to talk to him and ask about the girl that he's in love with. And Raj tells him that Simran is engaged. And Pop's response is, stop the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's what we always did. Like, <laughs> haven't you ever seen a Bollywood film? Um, and Raj says, no, it's too late. That's not really how things are done anymore. Mm-hmm. But Pops won't accept that. And he tells Raj to go and not stop until he brings his bride home. Yeah. Pops is great. Pops like, is great. Yeah. Love it. Um. And so Raj goes to Simran's house only to learn that they've already left for India. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to go after her. Yep. Uh, and then we see Simran and her family on a train in India and they get back to her dad's house uh, where 
Papa sees his mother for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. And, like, this grandmother gets to meet her grandchildren. It's, like, so emotional. It is. I love it. And, like, they're just greeting old friends that they haven't seen in decades. Like, yeah. And then we meet Colgit, who is a very large man. Yeah, and also old. <laughs> like He seems, yeah. He, I don't think he actually is, but he just looks like he's 35. Which yeah, is, I was I mean, say, which is like old compared 35. to Simran. Like, yeah. 35 isn't old, but he's old compared to Simran and Raj. Yeah, that's Colgit. He's him. Yep. Uh, and that night, Simran hears the DDLJ theme song playing, but it's all in her head. And then she and her mom have the sweetest conversation that really struck me for it having been written by a man. Yeah. Her mom says that she grew up believing that women had rights equal to men, but then she learned that that wasn't true because she had to, like, give up her studies so that her brothers could continue to go to school, and then she became a wife, and then she became a mother, and... She said that when Simran was born, she promised herself that her daughter would be able to make her own choices. Mm-hmm. But then she said, I failed because women are born to make sacrifices for men. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Well, and I also like, I also really liked the line where she said, I forgot that women don't have the power to make promises. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. That, That's ugh. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, I'll continue on in this conversation too, but I really wanted to call attention to it because we've been talking a lot about like the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is kind of about men, but not in the way that that test usually filters it out. Yeah. Like this is about the impact that men have on women's lives. Right. And I just, again, appreciated that in this romantic film in the 90s, written by a man. There is a conversation, a very sweet, genuine, heart-to-heart conversation between a mother and her daughter yeah. about the realities that women are facing. Like, Yeah, definitely. I, I loved mean, that. I, Me yeah. too. And it's almost like when you think about the Bechdel test, in order for something to pass the Bechdel test, you almost have to create a world where men have less power than they do. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of the whole to thing. To not talk, yeah. Yeah, because right. it becomes impossible to, like, for two women to talk about politics or entertainment without men coming up. So right. to not pass the Bechdel test in this way where you're acknowledging the power that men have over women is still a very powerful thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just, I love that, and yeah. I had forgotten that part oh, of the film. Oh, me too, and it's so good. But then it's really sad because then mom pleads Simran to forget about Raj and find happiness where she can. Yeah. And then Simran says she'll make a little sacrifice to make her father happy. And I'm like, your life's not a little sacrifice. Really not a little sacrifice. Oh. Yeah, no. Um, And then they just cry together. Yeah. Yeah. Mom is an incredible character. Like, she's she's She really is. And it's like, yeah, you can see the love and the close relationship that she has with her daughters, but there's only so much she can do to protect them. And they all do. They cater to the man of the house. Mm -hmm. Yep. They hide their true selves when he's around. They change their music. Yeah. Yep. So Simran then wakes up the next morning hearing the DDLJ theme again. Mm -hmm. And then she realizes, oh, it's really happening. Yeah. So she runs out of the house and into a field. Mm -hmm. She then hears Raj singing to her. And she turns and he's there in the mustard field. Yay. Wearing his little hat, his little like fedora with the feather. Uh Uh-huh. And she runs to him and they hug and it's beautiful. 
And then you get the DDLJ song, <laughs> which definitely has a name. It's Tuji Dekato. Okay. I love it because it feels like they're just reimagining all their time together as if they were in love and yeah. married and... I liked it because this is this is like the point in another movie where, you know, the lovers would suddenly be whisked into a fantasy sequence abroad. But this felt yeah. so much more real because it was like they were going to places that they had actually already been. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There was something about that that made it feel so much more real than, yeah. than other numbers like this. I agree. Yeah. It's very sweet. And then post-Song, back in the mustard field... Simran tells Raj to take her away from here because her dad gave his friend his word about the marriage and her dad will never break his word. Mm-hmm. And Raj says, no, they're not running. He came to make her his bride and he won't leave until he receives her father's blessing. So he tells Simran to go home and proceed as normal and that when they see each other again, they need to pretend to be strangers. Mm-hmm. And so... He gets the name of her fiancé from Simran. And while Kuljit is out galloping his horse around. Yeah. Like, because he likes to go hunting and shooting stuff. Yeah. He's a weird guy. Yeah. Raj trips the horse to make Kuljit fall off. And then he catches him in a trap. Yeah. This is elaborate. (laughs) It's very elaborate. Because then he hides and, like, makes roaring sounds like there's a tiger. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, okay, so this is when he first started finessing his growls. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Um, And then Raj runs up as if he's not the one that caught Kuljit, and he frees him so that Kuljit thinks he's just a good guy and his savior. Mm -hmm. And so they become buddies, and it does not hurt that Raj purposely lets slip that he's super rich. Yep. And Raj goes to his house where he's welcomed by Kuljit's family with open arms. And Kuljit's sister is completely enamored by Raj. And then Raj, because now he's part of the family, they're like, whoa, you've got so much money. Great. Uh, (laughs) He is then invited to the party that Simran's family is throwing as like, Sort of an engagement party type situation. Yeah, pre-engagement um, party. Pre- because really... it's not the engagement. Yeah. yeah. I really... They're engaged to be engaged. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Raj recognizes Simran's father from the beer incident at the gas station. Yep. And then Raj charms Simran's sister. And her sister did not approve of Kuljit. He no. did not make a good first impression on her. No. Her sister's amazing. She is great. <laughs> and she loves Raj. Yep. So, yep. yeah. She's got good taste. Yes. And Raj also charms Simran's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just so charming. Yep. Oh, Shahrukh. <laughs> it's just impossible not to fall in love with him. Yeah. And the next day, Simran's dad, Papa, goes to feed the pigeons, Mm -hmm. only to find Raj already there. Yep. And I love that there's this cute moment where Raj was making his own sound to feed the pigeons. And then he changes that sound to mimic what Papa is doing. Yeah. Papa's just saying, come. Oh, okay. But it's like, I I feel like Raj's technique of making pigeon sounds is probably more effective than than just saying the word come again and again. Yeah. (laughs) Like the pigeons don't speak English. Or they don't speak Hindi. They don't speak English either. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. Hmm. And so Raj meets up with Simran that night, but she's really worried because the engagement is tomorrow and she's like, I can't wear 
Coldrit's ring. Like, the only ring I'm wearing on my hand is yours. Yeah. And she accuses Raj of not taking it seriously enough, and then he very seriously tells her how much he cares for her. Yeah. Yeah, because I do like that he's able to be like, okay, yeah, no, I am here. I'm in it. Yeah, like you said, this is the one thing he takes seriously. Yeah, yeah. And the night of the engagement, Raj is bustling around, helping with preparations, and when it comes time for the rings, we discover (laughs) that Simran has bandaged her ring finger to her pinky to avoid Colgit's ring going on it. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, I cut my hand, so you can't use that one. Um, Sorry. Yeah, and so Colgit has to put his ring on her right hand instead. Yep. And then we get Mendilaga K. Rakna, which Mm -hmm. I would say is my second favorite. Yeah. It's a good one. It is good. It's it is very good. Yeah, there's some really good dance moves, but mostly we see Coljit's sister Preeti falling more and more in love with Raj. Uh, yeah, and then post dancing, Coljit's parents approach Raj about marrying Preeti, mm-hmm. and Raj is kind of like, I can't say no without offending these people. So to buy time, he says, oh, well, we need to get the permission of Pops, but Pops is in America on a business trip. Yeah. We then see Pops step off a train because he was already heading that way. Yeah. (laughs) He knew. He knew. He was like, I got to see how my son is doing. Um, Yeah. And then there's this whole misunderstanding where Pops thinks Preeti is Simran, He thinks her parents are Simran's parents, so he's just like, of course I give this my blessing. This is amazing. Like, they can't get married fast enough. (laughs) So now there's, like, two planned marriages (laughs) to the wrong people. Neither of which the people want. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but then when Raj goes to see Simran, she says, okay, I've been fasting, but I refuse to take food or drink from Coljit, like tradition demands, I'm only going to take it from you. And then Raj just gets a little frustrated because he's like, I-, I can't do this in a public place without everyone catching on. Like, what are you doing to me? I'm just trying to get us to be together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at the car with Chop, Simran pretends to faint so that Raj can give her some food. And then they break their fast together that night after Simran complains that, like, well, Raj has been eating all day, and then he took his time to come to me. And no, he's been fasting all day, too. Like, yeah, it's very If you're that sweet, and I guess it's kind of forgivable that you're that annoying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you can balance it out that way. Yeah. Um, I did learn on Instagram today that that holiday that tradition of wives fasting for their husbands that just happened oh at the time that we were recording women who were celebrating that would have just broken their fast like a few hours ago wow but uh but yes yeah, so as they're breaking their fast together they're like chatting having a good time and then simran's mom sees this mm-hmm. and she's really conflicted because she can see how happy simran is and she doesn't want her to make the sacrifices that she herself had to make Um, yeah so Simran's mom like calls them inside she gives them Simran's wedding jewelry and like the bangles off her wrists and tells Mm -hmm. them to take it and leave and be happy together because no one here will understand their love 
And then Raj sits her down and tells her that his mother raised him to always take the right path, no matter how hard it is, so he will not steal Simran away. Instead, he will win her. Yes. And then we see Pops out shooting with Coljit, which is just an interesting <laughs> combination. And it really is. There's yeah. a really funny moment where Coljit is like lining up a shot and Pops has his gun <laughs> pointed at Coljit's head. <laughs> yeah not super safe <laughs> no but uh he doesn't shoot him or anything but he does try to sway Coljit away from marrying Simran by being like hey you can come visit us in London like there's so many beautiful women in London you marry one of mm-hmm. them instead like don't marry Simran and Coljit says no 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 it's cool I'll marry Simran and then I'll come visit you in London and hang out with all the pretty women yeah that's great he's a jerk uh, and meanwhile, Raj and Simran's dad are feeding the pigeons and having a heart-to-heart. And Simran's dad is like, yeah, just so you know, I forgive you for the beer incident. Like, yeah. he's actually really starting to like Raj. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then Simran's grandma is dying. Yeah. And I'm like, what? She honestly seems like she's in fine health. <laughs> yeah, she really didn't seem like it was that big of a deal, but whatever. She's dying. Um, she's dying and she's like it's gonna happen soon like i can't wait a week i'm gonna yeah. die very soon and my dying wish is to see simran as a bride mm-hmm. so they move the wedding up to like tomorrow but then raj meets up with simran and says he hasn't decided what he's gonna do but whatever he decides to do tomorrow it's for both of them so she just has to trust him then after they leave each other for the night. Simran is looking at a photo of her and Raj from, like, their Europe trip. It's it's when he was handing her the flower before he squirted her in the face. Yeah. Uh, and she's looking at it, and then it blows out the window. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And Simran's father picks it up, and he figures out everything. Yeah. So then when Raj shows up for the wedding, Simran's dad just slaps him a lot, like repeatedly, and accuses him of being a scoundrel and a liar who is unworthy of Simran, which is real rich when like her chosen husband is actually unworthy. Right. Yeah. It's like actually going to be a bad husband. Uh, Yeah. But then Simran runs in and tells Raj that they should have run away. She's like, I told you. But Raj says, no, there are elders, and we shouldn't make them sacrifice for our happiness. Huh. Funny. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, that that we shouldn't make them sacrifice, but they could definitely sacrifice our whole lives. Yeah. It's like, you're going to live longer. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so Raj says that her dad is right, and he is a cheat, and he is a liar, and he doesn't deserve to marry her no matter how much he loves her. And and now there's like a lot of talk about Raj returning what belongs to Simran's dad in yeah. reference to Simran. And I was like, I don't love this, but no. No doubt that Raj is showing her father a lot of respect. And I think that's yeah. what we're supposed to be taking away from this, not the idea <laughs> not of that... women as property. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, well said. <laughs> yeah. And so Raj then says goodbye to everyone, because also, like, everyone is there. Yeah. Raj meets up with Pops at the train station, who asks where Simran is. Mm -hmm. And Raj says that she'll come because her father will bring her. Yes. 
And then Kuljit rolls up with some goons. And they just start beating up Raj with, like, big sticks. And Raj is just taking this beating. And then everyone at the house is told, like, hey, there's, like, a big fight happening down at the train station. So (laughs) y'all should go. And so everyone goes back to the train station where Pops then joins in on the fight to help protect Raj. Yeah. But then Kuljit ends up knocking Pops down. Yep. And Raj turns into a beast. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's Nobody like, hurts Pops. Yeah, he's like, you can hit me all you want, but don't touch my father. And then, and then, yeah, Raj is just running around punching all these goons who had been beating him up previously. And, uh, yeah, Simran's dad is also there, and he breaks up the fight. As Simran's mom gathers Simran and her sister and... I guess they left grandma at home. I don't remember. Well, she's dying, so. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, But Simran's mom then is like, Simran, come on, we're going to the train station too. And so the women show up at the train station as well, and the train whistle blows. And Raj and Pops are on the train, and, and Raj is like looking out, and Simran tries to go after him, but her dad grabs her by the wrist uh, and so she is like pleading to let her go and the train starts rolling away and then he releases her and he's yep. like, no one could ever love you as much as this boy. Yeah. And then she's running and she's running in all of her wedding finery mm-hmm. and he holds, Raj holds his hand out for her and she takes it and he pulls her on board. Yep. And they ride off into the sunset. Yay. And uh, and they give thumbs up. Yeah. It's great. It is great, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that Grandma actually got to see Simran as a bride. No, but that's <laughs> that's fine. They can send her a picture and maybe she'll see it before she dies. Who knows? <laughs> that's just as good as the real thing. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, what a movie. Um, it's really good. I do want to say mostly because I I feel like I've been a little bit glib about some of the like traditional like values in in this movie, right, yeah. Which and I do want to like express respect and realize that like I, you know we're coming to this from a Western perspective where things like arranged marriages like right. don't feel super super normal to us, but mm-hmm. like all of the respect for people who feel like that is the right choice for their lives, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and I yeah I think there is something to be said for. It's yeah. when people aren't interested in an arranged marriage and are forced into it that exactly. I will then judge it. People need to have a choice, even yes. if the choice is, I want my parents to arrange my marriage. Yeah, like, exactly. That's a choice. But yes, thank you for calling attention to that, because neither one of us intends to insult a, a culture or tradition exactly. that we have not lived in or grown up yeah. with. Or Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Um what I ended up researching really was just, like, why is DDLJ such a prolific film? And I... So, just to give first a sense of the prolificness that we're talking about here, DDLJ took home 11 Filmfare Awards the year that it was, you know, nominated, oh. uh, including Best Director for Aditya Chopra, Best Producer producer for Yash Chopra, Best Actor for Shah Rukh Khan, Best Actress for Kajal... All deserved awards. I can't even imagine, like, your first 
your directorial debut. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like you struck yep. gold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, and we'll talk about why, too, in just Mm -hmm. a second here. But um, so that, you know, A, won a lot of awards. B, Mm -hmm. uh, we and we talked about this already, but the Maratha Mandir Theater in Mumbai has been playing the film for 28 years almost continuously. Also, interestingly, that theater is in a predominantly Muslim area of South Central Mumbai. I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, yeah. Love for Shah Rukh out there. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, DDLJ's music company, HMV, estimates that one in every three households in India owns either a purchased or a pirated copy of the film soundtrack. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. In her book, Dilwale Dilhania Le Jayenge, colon, a modern classic, mm. uh, Anupama Chopra writes, the film now functions as cinematic comfort food. In a world grown increasingly ugly, DDLJ provides solace and a smile. Yeah. Chopra's book is the source of all of my research this week, as well as all of the fun facts I shared throughout the episode. Great. Um, It's a great book. Highly recommend it. It's a super quick read, and I say that as someone who reads very slowly. Um, Yeah. So if anyone wants to learn more, it's, it's a good choice. But so in terms of the why, why is DDLJ such a popular film? Chopra quotes sociologist Ashis Nandi, who says an average Bombay film has to be, to the extent possible, everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this before with other movies that try to accomplish a lot, and some do, some fall short. Yeah. Um, But DDLJ does not fall short. No. It is both a love story and a family drama that appeals to young audiences who may be contemplating filial disobedience, and their (laughs) elders who enact parental tyranny. Mm -hmm. If I can just (laughs) slot in a quick Jane Austen reference. (laughs) The movie created a, quote, believable fantasy in which a young person can achieve love and familial approval to have what they want and appease the people that they respect. Mm -hmm. And urban Indian youth surveyed at the time, around the time that the movie came out, a little bit later in the 90s, showed that the outwardly modern and inwardly traditional image portrayed by the young people in DDLJ was very accurate to what they felt was their reality. Mm-hmm. So this, like, kind of grappling with with those two sides of themselves yeah. felt very authentic. DDLJ also came out shortly after a turning point in modern Indian history when economic reforms in 1991 brought global and particularly Western brands and concepts to India. Mm-hmm. As Chopra points out in her book, where previously foreign labels were only accessible to the rich or to those with NRI connections, now they were available down the street at the local shops. Yeah. And so this is this is kind of a tumultuous time in India. And Javed Akhtar, who, you know, yes. is great. Javed Akhtar said of the era, quote, we didn't know how much of the old world to keep and how much to replace. Mm. This modern world was dazzling. But if we gave in, would it sweep our foundations away? He's just poetic whenever he says anything, isn't he? <laughs> he, really, he really is. And that's you know, such a great summary of what a lot of the, yeah. you know, what, the, a lot, what a lot of the feelings were around this time. And so DDLJ puts forward a solution to this conflict Mm -hmm. uh, and defines what it means to be Indian by saying that one doesn't have to choose between the material comforts of the West and the spiritual comforts of the East. Mm -hmm. 
DDLJ offers a vision of the present which combines both the stability of the old order and the enticing choices of the new. It fills us with a nostalgia for a possible present. Mm-hmm. And that was another quote that I really liked. Like, you know, it's it, it, a, a hopefulness for our yeah. current existence. Kind of reminds me of the Barbie movie in a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> So, yeah, so part of the reason for the film's success is the cultural moment in which it was released and the fact that it was so completely appealing to the sensibilities of that exact moment in time. If this movie had been written and come out at a different time, maybe it wouldn't have been as successful. Mm Mm-hmm. In addition to responding to, in a sense, this turning point in history, DDLJ also created a turning point in the sense that it made success among Indians abroad, a benchmark for future Mm. filmmakers. So people creating films from this point forward are now trying to specifically target urban Indian audiences as well as NRI populations. Great. It's a good market. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then a bunch of people who live in those countries who aren't Indian also get to enjoy them. Yes. Um, I wish more white people would. (laughs) I I know. They don't know what they're missing. Um, But so then the other big part of DDLJ's success was Aditya Chopra himself. Um, This, as you've said, uh, it was his directorial debut. He grew up in the industry being the son of legendary producer Yash Chopra. Mm -hmm. So he had this very clear vision for what he wanted. And he executed that vision with the skills of a seasoned filmmaker. Yeah. Aditya has always ascribed to the philosophy that the audience is God and can never be wrong. And he still holds true to that opinion. And he's always been a very reclusive character. He, Mm. you know, doesn't make a lot of public appearances. He stays largely out of the spotlight. And he says that he does this because if he can't sit anonymously in a movie theater, he loses his connection to the audience and Mm. loses his ability to make a film. Yeah. Make a good film. And he's actually, like, friends with Karan Johar and Shah Rukh Khan. Yes. Right? Yeah. In real life? They're, yeah. Yeah, they're all they, buds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Okay. Um, Not related to that, but I But it's good to fun. know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that connection to the audience meant that he really went into production knowing how to create something that would speak to an audience and particularly to a young audience. Mm-hmm. He was himself 23 years old when filming began, which oh my so gosh. young. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like it's a pretty yeah. impressive 23-year-old. It really, truly is. Like, I literally had a conversation with a 22-year-old boy earlier today as a part of my job. And the idea of that boy a year from now creating a masterpiece, completely (laughs) impossible. Um, And he also, there were a lot of younger crew members, too. um, And and the cast, too, was was quite young. Mm -hmm. So there was this very, like, youthful energy on set uh that that they took advantage of and Amrish Puri who again played Simran's dad uh he was at that point obviously a seasoned actor and he said that Aditya was still one of the best directors he had ever worked with wow yeah but there was conflict because Aditya's vision was so clear and some of the people who he was working with those who had more film experience than him, were not quite living up to his vision. Um, So there were a few different examples of this. First of all, um, you rightfully credited 
Aditya Chopra with writing the film, but in addition to Aditya Chopra, Javed Siddiqui is credited with writing the film, and he wrote the first draft of the script, and then Aditya Chopra changed it all up. I see. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Because he felt that Siddiqui's script was too ornate and lacked the freshness that Chopra was was seeking. Mm Mm-hmm. And Siddiqui was then offended by sharing a writing credit with with Aditya Chopra because he was like, no, I wrote this movie. And Aditya Chopra was like, no, I changed what you wrote to make this my movie. Aditya Chopra also butted heads with his original choreographer, which was why Farrah Khan was brought on to direct or to choreograph uh, Rukja, Mm -hmm. which was the last song that they shot. Um, Got it. Yeah. There was also drama with the screenwriter Honey Irani, who we've talked about before, mm-hmm. one of few women writers in the industry, the mother of the, the Akhtar family. But she claims that she contributed 20% of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are, as far as I understand it, unsubstantiated claims. But the controversy divided the previously close Chopra and Akhtar families, apparently Farron and... Aditya were buds, and then you know, there was this falling out. And yeah. Honey Irani refused to ever write for Yashraj films again. Mm. And that's a huge production company. Yeah, yeah, one of, one of the biggest, if not the biggest. Yeah. But so there was definitely a bit of like a a young upstart vibe on mm-hmm. set. But ultimately, Aditya strived to create a positive and welcoming creative environment, particularly for his actors. And speaking of the cast. Aditya had very clear visions for each of his leading characters as well. Um, we already talked about the the fact that he pushed for Puri to play Simran's dad instead mm-hmm. of Anupam Kerr, which was absolutely the right choice. Yes. Um, he had also envisioned Shah Rukh for the leading role from an early stage. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before that early in his career, Shah Rukh wanted to be a villain. Um, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to set himself apart from, like, the other, like, pretty boys, the other cons mm-hmm. of Bollywood, um, and play darker roles. Which um, explains, like, two or three of his earlier films. Yeah, a lot of yeah. his earlier films, he plays kind of a, like, an anti-hero or yeah. a straight-up villain. Chamatkar notwithstanding. <laughs> yes. uh, but, so... Aditya told him that he would never be a superstar unless every woman wanted him for a husband and every mother wanted him for a son. Which is so classic. <laughs> I feel like that's true about Shah Rukh today. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I also just I love the power that that gives to female audience members yeah, too. Yeah, of that's just true, like you know yeah. they get to have a say in who's a superstar or not. <laughs> yeah, um, and it turned out to be correct. And Kajal also, she didn't really identify much with her character. She did mm-hmm. not see herself as being the traditional obedient type that Simran <laughs> very much turns out to be. Yeah. Um, although she I don't know, was I trying like you, to. I feel like you could argue that, like, she's really not. She just kind of kind of gets forced back into that role by the right. I mean, life. she was like, "No, we should just run away. Like, let's just yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's just yeah. go." She'd, if she'd had her way, the movie would have ended. Like, yeah, an hour and a half in. Like, as soon as she was like, "Oh, I love you." Okay, decision made. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, 
But there was also a bit of conflict on set, and I think some fairly lighthearted conflict between Kajal and Karan Johar, because Karan was also, in addition to <laughs> being a character in the film, yeah. uh, he was also responsible for like creating a lot of the character aesthetics, which included some of the costuming choices. Mm-hmm. Kajal, quote, had no interest in fashion or preening. She refused to lose weight or let the hairdresser straighten her hair. In some scenes, the fine hair on her upper lip showed. Karan would find himself combing her hair between takes. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I know. She's I know. like, no, this is who I am. And if you're not into it, then that's not my problem. <laughs> right. It's like, you cast me in this role. I'm yeah. going to show up to it as me. And um, she's so perfect. And I yeah. have nothing but respect for that. Also, I I read that part of the book again before I watched the movie, and I really liked seeing that in the second half, her hair is straightened a lot more. It's very like, you know, we're reining her in, uh-huh. we're controlling. That's yeah. a good, good touch. Mm-hmm. But so all of this comes together to create what is indisputably an iconic final product. Um, and the film did well from its first sold-out opening weekend and onwards from there for the next three decades. And I did want to share two of the stories from Anupama Chopra's book about like the early days of the, the film being screened that I really, really liked. So, so this is quoting directly from the book. First... Aditya was sleeping when the film's first show started at noon on the 20th of October, 1995. He wasn't interested in seeing the first half because he knew there was enough masala to keep the audience entertained. Aditya was worried about the climax. In the 20th reel, Shah Rukh would give a long speech with tears in his eyes. If the audience hooted or even got restless, DDLJ was sunk. Mm. Aditya entered the Gaiety Theater just after the interval. When Shah Rukh's speech began, Aditya crossed his fingers and put his head between his knees. There was complete silence. The audience was hanging on every word Shah Rukh said. Aww. <laughs> um, so that's story number one. And then, quote, in a few weeks, the repeat audience had already started. Shah Rukh, shooting in Jaipur, went into a local theater with the director and co-star of the film he was then making. In the climax, mumbling started, and Shah Rukh panicked. Perhaps he wasn't holding the audience's attention as an actor. But as the mumbling got louder, he could hear the audience clearly. They were saying his lines with him. Aww. And I just, I, I love these examples of, like, how impactful the film was from the earliest moments. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's incredible. And I also just love the idea that now it's like people who are still going to see it in theaters yeah, know every word, you know? And so I feel like it's now like in the States, we might have a showing of The Room or of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Such and such different films. But yes, very yeah. different. <laughs> very different, but similar in the sense that it's like if you're going, it's because you know yeah. every single thing that happens. And like, yeah, you're saying the lines along with the film and right that there's something so communal about that i love absolutely. it absolutely but you know what's also so interesting that i'm just realizing as you're saying that like there's like that that's like a cult classic thing that we have in mm-hmm. the states of like you know there's this small community that rallies behind this right. this film or other kind of piece of media 
It's like DDLJ has both the quality of a cult classic where you feel that like camaraderie with people who want to experience it, but yeah. also was like hugely popular <laughs> on a gigantic yeah. scale. So it's it's just it's very cool that it exists on yeah. both of those levels. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a that was my research for this week. Amazing. I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe I'll reread that book. Yeah. Um, I do not have any Bollywood news. Neither do I. Wow. No Bollywood <laughs> news this week. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, pluggables. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. Mm-hmm. Follow us, like, uh, like our stuff. Uh, send us messages and things. We did receive a message from a listener that just made both of us just our hearts swelled that yep. we're able to be like friends yeah (laughs) to you as you're listening and yeah we just loved hearing the personal story of of Mm -hmm. this listener and uh yeah i appreciate that yeah um absolutely thanks so much for for sharing us and getting in touch and if uh if anyone else wants to do that we would love it (laughs) we love it i actually responded very quickly this time i'm very proud of myself (laughs) good for you (laughs) thank you um what else do i say um Oh, subscribe? Yes, yes. Also, (laughs) you can, on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, uh, subscribe or leave a rating or a review. Always nice to see those as well. Yeah. But yes, as always, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone. And go ahead and join us on YouTube and Spotify as well, where we keep our Bollywood bangers playlists and add the songs that we love from these movies to, to each of those playlists each week. Uh, and you can find those linked in our episode descriptions as well as in our posts on Tuesdays. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now. And now. Drum roll. Our next <laughs> film, continuing our Shahrukh month, mm-hmm. we'll be watching Diwale. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. I... Yeah, I'm very, very excited. It's been too long since I watched it. And by yeah. too long, I mean like a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch it once a month. <laughs> yes, because not only not only does it have Shah Rukh Khan, mm-hmm. it's got Kajal. It's yeah. got Varun. Yep. It's got Kriti. Like, yeah. what? It's also got, um, oh my Johnny God. Johnny Lever? Well, it's yes. I oh, okay. and Bowman Irani. Yes, who plays King? We I always yes. call him King because of Diwali. <laughs> I don't know. Have we watched a movie with Bowman Irani yet? Not yet. Oh well, that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love him. Um, he's um, he's delightful. Yeah, it. This is it's. First of all, let's be upfront about the fact that this is not like a fine piece of cinema. This is like. A delightful, silly, goofy romp with also yes. some action and lots of cars. So entertaining. Um, <laughs> and periods of romance and, and sexiness. And, and great romance, <laughs> great sensuality. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also just fun because this was the first movie that Shah Rukh and Kajal had been in together in, like, a decade mm. or more. Um, it came out in 2013. And so, like, seeing them back on screen, but then also pairing up two younger actors with Varun and Kriti, it's a great kind of con- contrast. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. I think it's fun for us to watch right after having watched DDLJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To go- yeah, that juxtaposition. <laughs> I. It's really funny. It's really yeah. good. I... <laughs> 
this the very first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is gonna be one of my favorite go-to <laughs> movies, and it is. Yeah, and yeah. and here we are. Yeah, it's a good comfort film. So yeah, Kim's synopsis might have been a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna maybe skip IMDb this week. <laughs> but Diwali is available to watch on Netflix. The Netflix synopsis is a young couple falls in love, but conflicting loyalties drive them apart. Years later, fate intervenes and hands them a second chance. Mm. See, that I like. Yes, I do too. Yeah. It doesn't give you everything. But it gives you just enough to be intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone enjoys Dilwale. Yes. I I can't imagine you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, teach their own. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Until next time, remember... Bollywood doesn't need us, but we need Bollywood.